All right, Dylan Bowman is back. I'm really excited. Here we are, Rambling Runner, episode 500. 500 episodes here on the Rambling Runner podcast. It has been a wild journey. I am really excited about this. At first, I was thinking about doing a solo episode. Like, what have I learned in the, in almost like in the rich role? Um, style of things. I'm like, you know what? No, I want to talk to someone else about this. Someone who has experienced similar things and different things at the same time and kind of like cut it up with them. So Dylan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Matt Chittum, man, you were one of my earliest uh, inspirations and certainly one of the earliest mentors and people who reached out to offer advice to me as I was a new podcaster. So it's great to be able to come back on your show and talk a little bit about the podcast game with your audience. I think that was post well pre pillars, right in that, <laughs> right in that space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is probably a good thing to expand on maybe over the course of our conversation of our experience in trial and error in coming to the current manifestations of our media outlets. Yeah, absolutely. And I've told people this story before. Like I started a podcast. Actually, the first podcast I started was at Providence College. So I worked there as a fundraiser. I like was over there. My my someone who I became really good friends with was the head of marketing, and I kept haranguing him. He was a fellow sports guy like me, and he loved audio content, audio books, and all that. And like Bill Simmons and and, and the like. And I kept yeah. saying like, "Hey." You're doing all these interviews for like the alumni magazine and all the stuff you're putting out, like and all the video content that you guys are producing for like open house and all the all the basketball games. Like, why don't you just bring podcasting equipment along and just like put these stuff put the stuff out as a podcast? And like for like nine months, he's like, you know, get out of here with that, with that. And then finally, he was like, hey, good news, we bought all the equipment. This is before like you needed equipment. We'll talk about that in a second. But like, yeah, yeah we got all the stuff to make podcasting. Like, this is great, man. You guys are going to be like the first college podcast. This is exciting. He goes, there's one catch though. It's like, you need to be the host. <laughs> like, yes. what? Like, like, dude, I don't have any experience doing any of this. I'm like a college basketball coach turned like college fundraiser. Like I'm not in marketing. I'm not in public speaking. I literally have no qualifications. I don't even work for you. Like, why? how am I going to be the host? And he's like, don't worry, I'll talk to your boss. I'm like, oh my God. Like, all right, so we have, like, two VPs talking to each other. I'm like, I'm on thin ice as it is, buddy. Like, I don't, I don't think you should really be going down this road with my boss. But anyway, worked out, and then we did that for, like, six months. And then Anchor pivoted from basically, like, t- audio Twitter, worst yep. idea ever. It just sounds like listening to voicemail messages, and who wants to do yep. that? And, like, they pivoted to basically podcast in a box. Yep. All you need is an iPhone. It's like, I got one of those. So I started Rambling Runner that day, the same day that like they sent out the email to like their newsletter list, like, hey, we're doing this now. I was like, I started Rambling Runner that day with like no visions of grandeur. Lord knows. I was like, basically back then it was, you know, it was Lindsay Hine was doing her thing. Allie Feller. Mario's yeah. podcast was like right around the corner from starting. Yep. Tina Muir was doing Running For Real. And then, so they was all pro stuff. Then you know, Trail Runner Nation and some of the other yep. Trail Runner side we're doing great work, but there was like no amateur road running pod. So I was like, I'll yeah. do that. Like maybe I'll get like a hundred people to listen to it or something. <laughs> like what that was year like, was this, Matt? How long ago? So that was 2017, summer of. So here we are coming up on six years doing the rambling so 17 run. 17 or 18. This is this this is what COVID's done to me. I don't know about you. Like I used to be really good at like when was X, and I could yeah. be like, oh, March. 2021 you know then like the covid era happened and i feel like it threw off my whole game with like that sort of thing yep yeah i remember well, it was like i'm actually like looking it up as i'm talking so so can you filibuster for me for a yeah, second sure I'll, I'll fill some air this is what uh, having a podcaster on your show is good for but it's good to know a little bit more about the backstory i obviously knew that you were in education and were a basketball co- coach in a former life and it's funny to hear that you almost had your arm twisted into creating the monster that is or the rambling runner just having the opportunity dropped in your lap almost uh in a way that made you uncomfortable it sounds like and i can actually empathize with that i mean i always wanted to have a podcast i still to this day 
my dream is to basically just have like a morning talk radio show where I can talk about sports and business and politics and pop culture (laughs) and the news of the day. Uh, So I always knew that I wanted to have a show. It sounds like you sort of came to that realization reluctantly, but it also took some hand holding or some arm twisting to get me to finally pull the trigger on getting my show off the ground. And I'm sure you can relate and the feeling that it's one of the greatest parts of my life now. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So for me, first episode, so this was the day anchor. This is great. So like, I have like a, like a, a timestamp of like when anchor was created. Cause I started it like an hour after I got the email, it was July 11th, 2017. So I like literally recorded an episode walking my dog, like talking about no, running are, in the rain. That, That's the you title. Know what that of it. means, you know what that means, Matt? We are exactly five and a half years to the day we are recording hey! on January 11th. There it is. Wow. Yeah. And then episode two, July 20th, a week later. Wow. 500 yeah. episodes in five and a half years, man. That's a steady clip. That's nearly a hundred episodes a year. And you know what? It was you know, the, there was about 20, 15 to 20 in 2017. So, like, I would yeah. do it, like, every week or two. That's how I, I did get, mine, too. I was super and, inconsistent to start. Yeah. Yeah. And because, like, for me, like, like I was just some geek on the street. Like, no one knew who I was. I wasn't involved in running, and I was interviewing amateurs. So, like, I didn't have a platform. And I was like, oh, man, the problem is college podcasts. They have 50,000 alumni. We're marketing the podcast on, like, their social media channels, which, like, have a ton of followers even to this day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and, we, and that podcast, when I was doing it, was getting, like, 150 downloads. So that was my marker for awesome. Like, if I could ever beat 150 downloads and beat the <laughs> PC podcast, I yeah. will have made it. As like yeah. a guy with no followers on anything and no one knows. So I remember like, so it was Thanksgiving. I'm in Dallas visiting my brother-in-law and I'm like, dude, I don't want to put out a podcast this week. I'm in Dallas. Like no one even listens to this damn thing. So I was like, whatever. I'm like, I'm going to give up the podcast, whatever. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't even, I didn't even feel like two ways about it. I'm like, it was, it was just, it's when I when did it as a lark. I had, I had no emotional attachment to it at that point. And I remember this because I'm at Thanksgiving dinner and my brother-in-law, who likes sports but is not a runner, doesn't follow running, has never been involved in it whatsoever, was like, hey, Matt, I got to be honest with you. I've been listening to your show. I was like, Jimmy, you never told me that. He's like, yeah. He's like, and I don't care at all about running, but I actually really like it. I was like, oh, shoot. That was like, (laughs) honestly, that was the the moment. It was like, it could have changed that day. It could have been like, you know, they probably guess would it could have been dead in the cradle, but that one little compliment, like that was like the moment that was like, all right, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing this. Yeah, I have that happen to me occasionally too, where I'll bump into an old friend or an extended family member who I haven't seen or spoken to in a decade. They say, hey, yeah, I, I check out your show every once in a while. I'm like, really? <laughs> like it's a super niche trail running podcast, and uh, it always gives me a kick and makes me realize that. Yeah, you know, more people than you really appreciate get value out of the guests that you have on your program. And uh, for me, that's that's always uh, satisfying. So you mentioned that you like were always into like, hey, this would be great to like be involved in broadcasting on some yeah. level. And as a pro athlete, like that kind of comes part and parcel with it. And you love all sports. Like, I can't believe how many sports you follow. Like you're just casual yeah. knowledge about so many sports is amazing. Like you have casual knowledge about D3, like Frisbee. This is freaking crazy. Listen, you talked to Drew Holman about like which schools are good at Frisbee, like blew my mind that you could go that deep on like such a random topic. Frisbee golf is a sick sport, by the way. (laughs) Ultimate Frisbee, ultimate Frisbee and Frisbee golf are both amazing sports. And actually this is funny and this is probably totally irrelevant to your listeners, but you will get a kick out of it. I listened to a podcast with the best Frisbee golf player in the world right now. And he's some 26 year old, dude from Wisconsin or something like that. I'm probably getting that wrong, but the point is that he signed a million dollar endorsement deal. Oh <laughs> my like, God. <laughs> what is happening in, in my sport and running in trail running when the best athletes in the world are not even coming close to million dollar. What, endorsement. Which, what, what brand is like integrated that well into the, or is it just like, it's like a social it's media the disc. It's the disc company. Oh. It's his. Yeah. It's for them. That's their, obviously key piece of equipment and oh i don't know God. i mean we don't need to go down this rabbit the hole, only discs it, i know are the ones that april and andy eat out of eat their cereal out of on parks and rec 
That's the only disc that I'm aware of. <laughs> oh my anyway, god, but, that's crazy. But yes, like uh, I uh, always had a massive knack for. Well, I, I mean, I was a prolific radio listener. Still am to this day. I mean, I mostly listen to podcasts, but sometimes I listen to, for example, like the Dan Levitard show, which I listen to every single day for more than a decade. And he, when I started listening to him, it was terrestrial radio. It was ESPN radio. Then I sort of started streaming it on my computer while I was working throughout the day. Oh then he, I sort of moved over to the podcast. And then, of course, he left ESPN. Now he's straight podcast, but his show still operates like a daily sports talk radio show. And I still listen to it almost every single day. You mentioned Bill Simmons, one of my earliest you know, sort of sports media inspiration, somebody who pioneered the podcasting game. So I've always been an audiophile and always just, that's my favorite type of content to consume. And I'm also a very social guy like you, and I love having conversations with people. And so I always knew that I wanted to bring my show to life. It, it took me a little bit longer to actually find the motivation and inspiration to do it. Uh, but yeah, now that I, I do it, much like you, I feel like it's sort of like the thing I was born to bring into the universe. And it's like my true calling as a human being. Now, when you started yours, you were a professional athlete and you were talking to other professional athletes, which is commonplace now, especially in, say, like the NBA, which is like in the NFL, too. I saw, you know, Travis Kelsey was on a podcast like this morning talking about like their ridiculously like their ridiculous huddle where they do like they were like all kind of spinning in a circle like they're in kindergarten and then win scored a touchdown to on like Kadarius Tony screen pass. And like yep. it was insane to like listen to it. But, but back when you started, like this was not commonplace and obviously you know, trail ultra running is a completely different sport than, you know, the NBA just in terms of like outside media coverage. So you're not going to get like on first take, like, uh Oh, did you hear what, you know, trail Jesus said to Dylan Bowman on the well, you know, let's, yeah. let's react for the next 15 minutes, you know? Um, so what were, as you were getting started, what were some of the things that like pushed you farther into it instead of like getting frustrated and be like, Oh, this is just a side project, man. Like, I'm not going to like dive too much into this. Honestly, it, it didn't turn into sort of like part of my career, something that I monetized or generated revenue from until much later. Really, it's only been in the past year where that's been a difference maker. So early on, and still to this day, I'm motivated to do it because I genuinely really enjoy it. I've been blessed to come up within the sport of trail running at a time when it's evolved rapidly and professionalized rapidly, my career has benefited from that growth and professionalization. Over the course of the last dozen years, I've also been able to uh, create and sustain really powerful, positive relationships with many of my colleagues and competitors, those being the professional athletes in the sport. There had been a handful of trail running focused podcasts as I was coming up at the time, but I just felt like I had something to add to the conversation. Being a pro athlete, I felt like I knew and could sympathize with their circumstances, with their experiences, with the highs and lows and the emotional turmoil of what it's like to be a professional athlete. And I think that was sort of the thing that originally sort of shone through in the program and that drew an audience to it was that I just feel like the athletes sort of feel comfortable around me talking about not only the X's and O's of performance, but also some of the hard things that come along with being a professional athlete, some of the things that you don't necessarily glean from following something on or someone on social media and Instagram. And I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast, All That Smoke. It's an NBA yeah, show Matt Barnes. by Matt Barnes. And I'm a basketball know, guy, man. I definitely I know, know all that smoke. I know, but it, and it's not a show that I listen to super often, but the reason I bring it up is because they sort of have a similar dynamic of like when the pros go on that show, they sort of open up. They feel a little bit more comfortable because they're around their peers, their colleagues, you know, guys who they who know what that NBA grind is like. And so that's, I don't know, without comparing myself to that show, which I'm sure is significantly more successful than mine. Well, you were know, better in your sport than Matt Barnes was in his. I, well, I mean, that's arguable, but, you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> I think Matt Barnes' NBA highlight was driving to Derek Fisher's house and punching him, like, because they were dating <laughs> yeah. the same woman. That's Matt Barnes' like, NBA highlight. Right, right. And I think their show is fairly 
successful and uh, I tune in only very occasionally when there's a guest or a story that I'm particularly interested in, but I try and embody that spirit in my show. And uh, of course, you know, for people who haven't listened to my show, it does focus mostly on the professional athletes and trail running. And, um, I'm actively thinking about ways that I can expand that a little bit more and just to keep myself more stimulated and to have conversations with people who aren't necessarily competing for podium positions, but that'll always still be my passion. And the focus of my show is how we can tell the stories of the professional athletes in a way that does them justice. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think that's, that's something that's so hard for so many in so many sports is getting to know the elites in their sport without having them just being like robotic in their answers. Cause they've heard this question a million times, right? It's like, Oh, answer number 39, got it right here on the cue card. Right. And they're yeah. just like peeling it off. And it's like, you, you all can like reference like coaches in a press conference, right? Hearing the same question for the hundredth time and giving the same answer for like the thousandth time. So I think that's like, yeah. there's so much value in that. And you just brought up an interesting concept that I wanted to talk to you about too, was like just the idea of, you know, when we, when we got started, and I think most people are like this, especially if it's just a hobby that you don't expect anything out of, which I think is probably the best way of approaching something like this, because you're not going to be met with unrealistic short-term expectations, is doing something because you enjoy it, right? The idea of like, I'm going to produce something that I would like, right? So it's kind of like N of one, who's going to listen to this? People like me, I guess, right? And then just kind of go from there. As you have now like continued to grow an audience that continues to expand and get bigger and also you know become more familiar with you and the people that you um, interview, how do you decide this range of like doing things because you enjoy it mm-hmm. versus like the, uh, the opposite where it's like doing things that like you, maybe you aren't biggest fan of, but like you know that your audience would enjoy it and just kind of the range there. Cause I know that's something that like I struggle with from time to time. It's definitely a very good question. And, and it sort of goes back to what I was just saying about how I'm actively thinking about ways in which I can make sure that I don't get stale or that I lose interest in the model of show that I have. That being something that focuses mostly on the, professionals. And if and when I do kind of stray from that model, what will my audience do? Will they abandon me? I've always been somebody who's never been caught up in the numbers of downloads and things like that. How many people are leaving ratings and reviews? In fact, I've almost never asked people to rate or review my show. I just almost <laughs> never think about it. And uh, so that's, you know, a privileged position to be in. And, and I think just like a personal disposition of mine that has benefited me and that I don't spend a lot of time kind of like stressing about what is the audience going to think about this content. Of course, I want everything that I do to be top quality and therefore put a lot of care and attention into it. Uh, but yeah, I think just to kind of answer your question a little bit more that what I, I always, when I reach out to athletes, I mean, oftentimes it is topical, like X, Y, and Z just one X race. And therefore it's timely and relevant that the trail running audience would want to hear from this athlete who's a professional athlete. And therefore I feel like would be a great fit for my show. Um, But also like there's times when I'm like, well, I should probably have that person on, but like I'm not that interested in talking to that person, even though I know it'll juice the download numbers or something like that. That happens very rarely, but it has happened. And so, you know, I just try and be true to myself and have sort of like an authentic motivation with every episode that I record. What about you? I mean, I'm sure it's sort of similar with Rambling Runner and like, you know, how you have a, a connection and a, an empathy and identification with the guests that you have on the amateur world. And therefore, I'm sure it, it lends itself to having awesome conversations, too. Yeah, for sure. And, and and I can get caught up in that sometimes. Like, here's a great example. Like, there was a moment like when the podcast started to become more popular and more had more name recognition where getting people to come on the show was much easier right it was almost like one dm yeah let's do it and then like it it almost became like surprising when it wasn't that when it was hard to book a guest Mm -hmm. and again i'd say that like i'm not trying to like just 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 people know like i didn't reach out to like super famous people a lot right i wasn't reaching out to like oprah after she ran the new york city marathon or something right so like most people i reached out to like their first time ever being on a podcast was on my podcast so just keep that in perspective but there did come a time where i was like you know what like 
if I want to get like Molly Huddle on the podcast, like I think I can do that. And there was, and I kind of went through that phase. So like starting to interview more pros and getting them on, like wasn't over, wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. And I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. I love talking to pro athletes. Like I watch pro athletes in every sport. Like this is my jam. I love this sort of thing. But it was a departure from what the show was based in. Uh. And at first, I actually thought that this was like, this is great. I'm going to have my cake and eat it too because the numbers started to, again, I don't like fixate on them. And I'll go like weeks without checking the numbers in terms of like, especially like compared to like, like the charts, right? Like am yep. I 18 or tw- I don't, I don't care about that. I just want to make sure that like, I'll check the downloads just to make sure like basically that like the, like the platforms are working. Like, like it was, is, is my downloads going to Apple? Right. Like, like just make sure like there aren't any problems, but I started checking the numbers like, wow, like these podcast episodes are doing really well. Like I got to do more of this. And it was funny because like three months later, the podcast overall downloads like started to really dip. Mm. And it was like, what happened here? And it took me a long time to figure it out. I actually had to do a bunch of like listener surveys. What happened was is that my diehards were like, oh, this show changed. And they left. And I didn't realize it because the people who were listening were tourists. They're Mm. like, I'm a big fan of Molly Huddle. I'm going to go listen to that episode. And then they never came back. Wow. They just like, maybe they came back an episode or two, but they didn't stick. So I lost like the true believers. I lost the tribe and I gained the tourists and it was like not a trade worth making. And I immediately was like, not doing that again. So like if I have a pro athlete on now again, and I love the pro runners, but if I have them on now, it's only if like, they are speaking to something that is like completely germane to amateur runners. Yeah. Right. Like there has to be an amateur runner topic that they happen to be knowledgeable, knowledgeable about. Yeah. All right, everybody want to take a quick break and give a shout out to Lagoon. That's right. Lagoon sleep. You heard me in the intro talking about their pillows. Oh my gosh. They are amazing this year. I'm really trying to take better care of myself both before and after my runs. And one of the areas that I'm really focusing on is sleep and not just about the time you the time you spend in bed obviously that's important but also making sure you have quality and not just quantity and that's a big thing right we talk about all the time with training quantity and quality same thing with sleep and part of that is your pillow i have the fox pillow that was the one that i got after taking the online quiz which was really interesting to take because you, you figure out like what what exactly do i need what do i need my pillow for how do i sleep what are my preferences and it makes a big difference. And this is a pillow I've had for over a month now. It's coincided with my biggest 30 days of training that I've ever had. And I feel really, really good. And I know a big reason for that is because of how I'm sleeping and how I'm sleeping is affected by my pillow and things are just going so well for me. Waking up from my morning runs has never felt better. I'm refreshed. I'm pain-free in large part thanks to Lagoon Pillow. So go to lagoonsleep.com. That's L-A-G-O-O-N sleep.com forward slash rambling. Take their awesome two-minute sleep quiz to find your match and then use code rambling for 15% off your first purchase today. It's so funny, man. I actually had a similar experience about a year ago. It was Thanksgiving 2021 when I had a friend of mine who's actually an ultra runner, but he's also sort of like a, a, an entrepreneur, a business person who's well-versed in financial markets and stuff like that. I had him on the show. And this is the kind of stuff that really interests me. So we like barely glanced on running and started to talk. I know exactly which episode this is. I know exactly which one. We started, you know, like (laughs) going down the rabbit hole of like financial markets and um, ultimately alienated a lot of people. I got a lot of like messages of like, what the hell, man? Like you shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) And that's why I said earlier, I would love to just have a daily morning talk radio show that's not associated with trail running so maybe like in a future life i'll be able to you know sort of add that to my content portfolio because i would love to keep my current show and podcast going for as long as possible but i would love to be able to have that platform where you don't where you can create an audience that's not you know only there for one particular reason uh, but I, I mean, that being said, I mean, I'm sure you totally understand where those oh, yeah. diehard fans were coming from when they said, hey, this show changed. It lost its its appeal to that individual person. And that's kind of what my audience said to me is like, you know, like you should stick to 
why we listen to you. And it was a really good learning for me. And so for that reason, so I've true. stuck a lot, a lot closer to not, not necessarily what people expect from me, but like there is value in cultivating a trust with your audience where they kind of come to know what they can expect from you. And that doesn't mean that you should put everything into the same cookie cutter formula and release basically the same episode every week. But there definitely is value in honoring the people who carve time out of their day to sit down and listen to you and understand that they're there for a particular reason and that, you know, you're there to serve them at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I, was, I went down to Fairfield University like two months ago and they had me down to talk to, like, uh, to sports marketing class or sports media class to talk about like podcasting and stuff like that. And I was talking talking about this, uh, this exact thing because like my my um, the way I described it was, hey, when you turn on ESPN, like you don't expect to see Food Network content. Right. You might love the Food Network, but when you turn on ESPN, you want to see ESPN type content. Like Perfect if you analogy. want Food Network, yeah. you'll turn on the Food Network. Right. And it's like that's an extreme example, but it's like it's the kind of the same thing. So I was like, it's important. I was like, you have you have to this juxtaposition between giving people something that they expect, but at the same time constantly iterating and pivoting, but not too far, like a two degree pivot. Right. To try something new. If that works, oh, maybe, maybe move another two degrees in that direction. Right. Yeah. Instead of like these wholesale, like wild experiments, which like I was like, especially once you have an audience, if you don't have an audience, who cares? Right. <laughs> you do yeah. whatever you want. But like once you have an audience, like cause that's that neck that is is tough because at the same time, like you want to, like you said, like you want to make sure it's fresh. You want to have good stuff at the same time, like for our own own purposes, like trying new things is exciting. And yep. that's also enjoyable. And I was like trying to use that idea of like, all right, like pivots are important because you yep. don't know what you don't know. So try things out. If they don't work, fine, no problem. If they yep. do work, great. Expand it out, and maybe it's, maybe that season will end, and you'll 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 dump it, and you'll try something new. I was like, but don't lose sight of the fact that like you're a channel, and people expect certain things of that channel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally empathize with that, and I love the analogy of the Food Network and ESPN. And I think, I mean. I don't know. It's interesting because you do want to follow that genuine curiosity because I think that shines through in conversations. So for example, I really love talking about business and financial markets and, you know, I love your conversations with Topher. I think they're fantastic. Yeah. I mean that, but that's, that's like kind of barely an extension of like the normal program Topher mm -hmm. for those who aren't familiar Topher Gaylord is a longtime sort of executive in the outdoor industry. And so it's, and he's also a longtime ultra runner. So he knows the sport inside and out and he's been around it for 25 years, but also he knows what it's like on the brand side of what, uh, you know, what the dynamic is there and how to operate a big budget specific to outdoor recreation and how product fits in with marketing and athletes and all that stuff, which is fascinating to me. But, uh, and I think also fascinating to sort of my core audience, but yeah, if I started talking about politics, for example, or like went deep on business topics, you know, even though it would be really fun for me, I think it would piss off a lot of the people who. Oh, listen the to politics my show. one is tough. Like I had, again, I don't talk politics on the show. Again, I was a political science major. I have plenty of opinions, <laughs> plenty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, with that said, I don't talk politics on the show. I had Canyon Woodward on the show. Yep. So he has a great book. He just finished uh, third. Right, he Bandera. finished third at Pandera this weekend, yep. right? The Pandera 100K, fantastic runner, finished top 50 at UTMB. He's great. And I had him on the show, and we talked about his work as a political operative. And I said, I can't even tell you how many times in the podcast. Yeah. It, you know, regardless of political view, regardless of the, the interest that you're trying to bring to your constituents, let's just talk about, like, best practices, about community organizing, grassroots organizing, expanding the pie, getting people involved. I, I can't tell you how many times I, like, preface, like, this is not a political statement. Canyon's political views is not why I'm having him on the show. I just want to talk about getting people involved. So it's like, we can use what he's done to help people who are trying to start running groups. Like, this yeah. guy got someone elected in an era in an area that like no one would have expected so Did if he can do that 
he can help you build a 20 person running group. Right. Like, and I immediately, the next day I never check Apple reviews. I never do it. But I was like, I just need to check this time. It's like, I check like the next day. Once you know, first one, never listen to that show again, political <laughs> views up on the rambling runner podcast. I'm like, we went, God damn it. Like, how did that happen? Now I need to go back in time. I don't know if you ever saw my hyper political podcast episode. This is before I sort of instituted a little bit of a structure and a fence around the subject matter that I talk about. But I have an old childhood friend who was the speaker of the House of Representatives in the state of Colorado. And I had him on the show after the 2020 elections. He's actually now (laughs) the chief of staff for Colorado's governor, Jared Polis, who I think is going to be the next president. Wait, what's his name? name his name's alec garnett is my friend oh my god because i know a guy a guy in my college basketball team has like the same job for someone like who's alex garnett uh, one of one of his yeah. peers this guy named dave padrino was like on my college basketball team was like has the same job in colorado like right now uh, really yeah so anyway uh yeah we went we went hyper political on that show and anyway i I'm not going to touch that third rail again, even though we actually, we didn't get inundated with any negative feedback. I can't recall if, I mean, I I think I probably got a couple of Instagram messages or a few people saying unsubscribing, stick to sports, so to speak. But anyway. (laughs) Right. I hear. Yeah. And I think like, I think there are probably some shows that if they wanted to go political, it probably would align with their core audience. I feel like my core audience is like, is pretty spread out on the political realm. Yeah. You know, where it's like True Runner Nation could probably take a pretty hard stance on a political topic and lose none of their subscribers. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, but things like that. Yeah, that 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 was always a tough one for me. So it's like, all right, like I'm gonna do that. But at the same time, like you have other things pop up, like, all right, like I wanna talk about like inclusion. Yeah. Right. And there are certain topics and other topics as well, which like are interpreted. They get very close to that yeah. talking politics line and it can be tough to like Again, I'm not like anti-politics. Again, we'll say this again so I don't like repeat myself here. Like okay. repeat the same problem. I have plenty of political views. This is not a political podcast. But at the same time, like you can have like it's hard to detangle them from the political arena. And you're like, but I want to talk about this topic. It's important. But at the same time, like I don't want people to like not listen to this person because we're introducing politics. And that's going to make them put their guard up and be like, oh, not listening now. And you yeah. want to like, you know, have those. And that civil discourse in a way that people will will listen to with uh, with good faith, but it can be yeah. tricky. Yeah, and I think especially as the audience grows too, for example, when I had my friend on the political show, my show was much smaller. And that's probably why I didn't get hit with a ton of criticism and unsubscribes. But as the show grew and then I strayed from the core subject matter, started talking about Bitcoin and financial markets and things like that, then... When you the audience grows and the the show grows, I don't know. You're, I don't know. You increase the surface area from which you can be criticized from, and so anyway, all learnings as part of this podcast uh, journey we are on. So, right, no, for sure. And and I and I've loved doing it. How has and, and you your athletic prowess far is far superior to mine? But I oftentimes will like compare and contrast how I progressed as an athlete. Um, when I think about that, I think more of like on the basketball side of things than on the running side. And then, you know, contrast that with like my progression as a podcaster in a way that I didn't in my previous endeavors, like my previous jobs, I know that you had jobs before you started doing this and you left your a full-time position to, to, to form pillars, which is now free trail, rocking the free trail hoodie. People watch yes. the video. There it is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I always compare and contrast. And one thing that I have found is that like, I, am able to be much more maybe this is a product of age but be much more like i just want to expand the pie like i am all for like helping people i'm not competitive with other people and like at the same time like i feel like i'm much more like forgiving of myself like Mm -hmm. my self-talk around podcasting which is my which is my full-time profession like i have stakes in this yeah like a lot of stakes right but I feel like I'm much more forgiving of myself and like give myself so much more grace than I did as an athlete where like I would just like lambaste myself. Everything was zero sum. I mm. was like hyper competitive. I was just such a pain in the ass to be around unless things were just perfect, like literally were perfect in my yeah. in my athletic career. And it's just like I, I was thinking about today because I was listening to a podcast with Rich Roll and Seth Godin and which I've listened to like on repeat. I think I've listened to I it need to three listen times to that in a row. One. 
I need to listen to that one. It's so good. And they talk a little bit about self-talk. And I was like, I wonder what Dylan want to say about this. Because, again, you're still competing. You know, you're, you know, your athletic life is not over in the way that mine is. And I just – my self-talk around these two things is just – it's so inherently different. And it's so funny how I feel like mm-hmm. that's such a positive thing. It's probably helped me in this area um, to the degree that it, it hurt me in the other one. It's funny because I almost think that it's the opposite for me, where I was more forgiving of myself as an athlete, and now I'm hypercritical of myself as sort of a media person and as a oh, podcaster. Wow. And and part of it is because, Matt, because like Free Trail, our business, I'm trying to make it into kind of like a bigger media organization, you know, sort of sort of akin to what you're doing with with Relay, though, a little bit different. And that puts me in a place where I often feel incompetent because this is my first time ever trying to run a company, run a business, manage people, sort of have their lives and livelihoods dependent or like feeling responsible for that. And that's this thing that generates a lot of anxiety and preoccupation in my brain and that makes me feel like I'm incompetent or not up for the task just but based on ex- lack of experience in a lot of cases where being an athlete i mean that's always come second nature to me and something that i've always like felt comfortable in that competitive environment and i've always i think had a realistic reference point as to where i stood in the hierarchy of professional athletes and that like I was, I'm, I can be really good when I'm on my game, but I'm definitely not the best. And I'm not even that close to being the best on a good day. I can compete with the best guys, but typically I'd be sort of competing for a podium, not necessarily for a win. And that, I mean, doesn't take anything away from the things that I'm, I have achieved and that I'm super duper proud of. But I've always like been pretty realistic about that. And now sort of like as I make this, what I hope is a slow transition because I still do have competitive professional athletic aspirations. I don't know. I I think I maybe feel a a pressure to make free trail and, and by virtue of that, make my podcast like as good as humanly possible because like I view that as the next chapter of my life and what I hope is like a very long successful next chapter. And so because I, you know, sometimes feel like a fish out of water and my inexperience haunts me, I feel I'm often very critical of myself professionally and as it relates to our media business as a whole. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it because we have taken two very different approaches. We talk about some similarities between our endeavors and this is where like they are wildly divergent. Is that yeah. like, I am like a soul, like I don't even have an editor anymore. Like mm-hmm. I edit my own podcast now. Like I help someone who helps me. Do you really? Yeah. Hmm. So, so if you're, if so, you know, it was like, yeah, no, yeah, Matt, we know. We can tell. (laughs) This part of this is a function of like some of these recording platforms have become so much better. Like, you know, three years ago, if you record, if you, you know, if you did your own episodes, it was like, oh boy, the the audio is just horrendous. Whereas like Mm. now, like some of it's way better. Anyway, um, this is still like my little thing, right? I have someone who helps me contact sponsors, new sponsors. And like, that's it. Everything else is just me. Right. And you, as you mentioned, are on a different path. And like, you know, like it, it's, you know, a, it's a wildly different thing. That's maybe something fun to talk about because it's kind of core to this insecurity that I have is just like now with trends in media, it's moving from institutions to individuals right at the point when I'm trying to sort of create an institution. <laughs> And I'm like, am I better off sort of trying to do the, uh, to just sort of use, use your model. And, uh, I don't know. That's something that I, I think always I'm think not. the exact opposite. I'm always like, I think right. I should be doing what Dylan's doing. Well, because you're sort of straddling <laughs> the other, the other world with, with relay as sort of the, the ringleader of that operation. And I don't know if that's something you want to expand on a little bit, but I mean, that sort of has institution feelings to it while being mm-hmm. individual and creator led. Yeah. Yeah. So like I get to the point where I was like, all right, like, 
you know, re- relays is really cool and it's really interesting. I think we are handicapped by just like the Patreon of it all, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, I think I think of it as like paywall in a box, but like yeah. it's just not that's not how like the masses think of it. So I think that holds us back a little bit from people giving it a try. Um but it's like great to like work with a bunch of people and like I'm still finding my footing of like I kind of recruited everyone to bring it together, but like at the same time, like I'm not like you know, like the CEO of Relay. I'm just like another, sure. I'm just another dude. And like, it works out great, but I'm like, I'm not going to be on like a, you know, we have a bi-weekly call and I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and tell like Kara Goucher and Zoe Rome what to do. Like, I'm just <laughs> right. not going to do that. Sure. Sounds like, I'm like, I will suggest things and like maybe like strongly hint at other things, but like Zoe Rome is like brilliance personified. And it's like the LeBron James of like, media content she can do literally everything and she's Kara, and like Kara Goucher is like a published author for god's sakes and like a pro, a pro runner like what, what am I going to tell these people yeah yep. yeah well yeah I mean so I guess maybe like in that sense I feel the exact same way you do because like how you described your own like I don't know how I'm really doing this like that's exactly how I feel on these calls yeah. the fact that like I am not like the founder and CEO so like I can actually hide behind that yeah well I mean I don't know. It's this is very inside baseball stuff, but as somebody who's trying to build a media business in the 21st century, all I do now is try and learn about the media business. <laughs> and the more and more I learn about it, the more sometimes I have light bulb moments where it's like, "Whoa, we're actually onto something." And if somebody in a newsletter that I'm reading or a podcast that I'm listening to says something that really resonates, about what successful media companies are doing right now in today's day and age. And I have this feeling of like, well, we're actually doing that in our own way without even realizing it. But then I also have moments where I, you know, sort of think about the economic part of the whole thing, which is obviously very important for us to consider when we're taking on these challenges as our full-time careers and feel like, how is this ever going to get to a point where it is an institution? And uh, anyway, it's, it's I think, uh, something that probably every person in the creator economy is thinking about right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, there's this sense, too, of like, when you have a team, you're like, all right, we can rely on the team to do a whole bunch of different things. But then also, like you mentioned, like, there's more mouths to feed, literally and figuratively there, yeah. which also gets tougher and at the same time like it's so funny because like you and i have had these conversations offline and i know you've had this experience because i have had it as well is that like from the outside people think it's like you guys are crushing it like you know like i'll get it i'll get like an email from everyone else it's like like and i'll respond to it like re- relatively quickly or whatever so i was like i yeah. can't believe you like you responded to my email i never thought that you would like do something like that i'm like I'm just a dude sitting in his free trail hoodie. Like my neighbors don't even know what I do for a living. I'm not like, I'm not like, I might like be like, you listen to me twice a week. So like, this is great. Thank you for listening. But like, I'm not like some dude who like is well known. I'm just like a guy checking his email, sitting here watching like YouTube in the background while I try to get some work done. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just how we view our internal operation and how like sometimes they can get viewed from the periphery is like, it's so wildly different. Dude, we have to, I have to respond to that because that's so timely for us because we are constantly getting fantastic feedback, so many wonderful compliments. These last three or four months have literally been the hardest, most stressful period of my life. And part of it is that we just had a baby, our first baby. We sold our house. We moved back down to California. We bought a house. But mostly it's been free trail that has just been so time consuming and thought consuming. And of course my wife also works basically full time on free trail too, in addition to being a mom and having another job. And the two of us are always like, I mean, we keep getting this amazing feedback, but like, it doesn't feel that way to us of like, we're doing something significant or positive. <laughs> like every day we're white knuckling through, just feeling like we've bitten off way more than we could possibly chew. And then we're not up to this massive task that we've undertaken. But then finally, like the last two weeks, maybe we've had a couple like significant wins finally that we've been desperate for. And anyway, feeling a little bit of wind in our sails, but I think part of the challenge of all of this that I'm sure you would sympathize with is that you just have to 
be okay with the ebbs and flows of the journey, you know, if it, with the three or four months where it feels like you can't catch a break and you feel like you're not making any progress. Similarly, you always have to like, you know, understand that progress takes time. And then when you have those small wins to celebrate them accordingly and just keep your head down and moving forward, it's much like right. running. I'm so glad that we're talking about this because part of the reason I want to do this episode was for the people who are like about to start something like this or are currently in the, the beginning stages or who knows when someone's going to listen to this. Someone might, someone might listen to this in two years, right? And they're just starting something. And like, just understand, like Dylan's the head of Free Trail, which if you don't know any better, you're like, this is like the best media company in trail running, right? <laughs> and you're like, and here he is, the way you talk about it, you're like, oh my God, this sounds like, like, it, it sounds like this, like, it feels like the exact opposite on the inside. And I'm the same way. It's like, I'm just a guy who, like, put his kids down to, to, for bed, took his dog for a walk. And then, like, before Dylan hopped on the, the call here, I'm, like, moving my kids' toys out of, like, the background of my video screen. And then I'm recording a podcast. And I'm going to put it out tonight, you know, or whatever. Right? It's like, it's like, on the inside, if you feel like you have imposter syndrome, understand so do we, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm recording my 500th episode, and I'm nervous before every single one of these bastards. Really? Wow. Wow. Even no. this one. I got like a freaking I, – I think about Free Trail. I talk to you a lot. I send you I, – I harangue you with text messages all the time, probably more than I should. Right? And I listen to all your podcasts. I had to like put a notes page of like, what am I going to talk to Dylan about tonight? Is this, this podcast going to go all right? How is this going to go? Are people going to want to listen to this? And it's like it's, – it's just like a race for me where it's like as soon as – I have all those same, again, different feelings, but the same vibe at a starting line. And then, like, once the, the gun goes off or whatever, like, it fades away. Just like as soon as I start, as soon as I press record and we start talking, like, all those feelings, they're gone. Just like a race. But it's like, man, that stuff, it doesn't end. And, like, this is my 500th Rambling Runner podcast. I've recorded over 700 episodes in total on my all the other podcasts, like Road to the Trials, um, Business Sports Discourse, The Promise College podcast I mentioned, to say nothing of the ones I've been a guest on. And it's like, it's still there, man. So if you're doing something new, you're trying something, you're like, I just feel like an imposter. Like, hey, man, so do I. And yeah. I've been doing this for a long-ass time, five and a half years to the day. So <laughs> just keep doing it, I guess. Just keep going. <laughs> beautiful man amazing yep so so true yeah the the more we continue doing this yeah the more i realize that i'm never gonna feel like it's clicking and coming easy <laughs> so it's all about just finding the uh the peace in that turmoil i guess yeah and one thing that and we've talked about this we talked a little bit before we even press record was like trying to figure out like what to do with your endeavor. It just, that, that process, <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like it gets harder with time rather than easier because mm. the, and I think when you're, when you're new to it, you're like, how you like get fixed. and like, how am I going to grow this? Or what are going to be my opportunities? And you try to like force it. Right. And oh, that's completely nice. understandable impulse. As you grow, you actually have the opposite feeling of like, there are so many potential things I can do lack of lack of options is not the problem my mm -hmm. problem is like i got the freaking cheesecake menu in front of me and i got like you know like ten thousand choices like right someone goes to a diner right they have every kind of food in the world it's like that's how i feel sometimes again yeah. that's like champagne problems but you're like i can only make so many decisions yeah. and it's like what decisions am i gonna make how am i gonna make them when am i gonna make them i feel like this i i never quite know what i'm doing and I'm always like, I hope this is the right call. Or like, I I'm not doing this. I hope that's the right call. And it's like, I'm never quite sure. And like, I feel like, I feel like one of those analysts of like the NFL draft, you're like, we're not going to know if this is a good draft for four years. It's like, yeah, but I can't wait around for that, man. Give me your analysis yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. This is something we've been talking about internally too at free trail. I was listening to a podcast recently and there was a quote that I think was attributed to Steve Jobs. It was something to the effect of you're not appropriately focused unless you're turning down really good ideas. In other words, Ooh. you need to have so much focus that you don't get distracted by things that are legitimately attractive, right? And that could legitimately be uh, 
value generating, whether it's in terms of, you know, revenue or brand or personal stature or career development, et cetera. And that's something that we've talked about because our business has become fairly complex at this point where we have our media arm, which now includes audio, video, written content. We have a awesome sort of subscription community, which is an absolutely phenomenal, beautiful thing that has taken on a life of its own in a very organic way. We have our race up in Oregon. We have, you know, like now it's sort of like e-commerce. We're working with all these brands. We have all these different projects. We're about to You're launch. You're flying out to Japan. You're like yeah. a world traveler now. I thought you were before, but now you're a media world traveler. Yeah. And so one of the things we talk about a lot is like, are we just not appropriately focused? Like, are we not turning down those good ideas and therefore maybe sacrificing, doubling down on the things that we know that we're good at and that are successful already? And actually, part of the reason why I've felt really stressed in the last couple of months is that I think just the circumstances of our family, personal life, moving, having a baby, all that stuff has put me in a point where I feel like my work product has suffered a little bit going back to our conversation about being uh, self-critical. And most of that is like, just because I'm forcing it, you know, I feel like I have to put stuff out. I got to like keep pushing, even though like I don't have the energy, I don't have the whatever. And so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, I think this is another one of those things that you and I and people who sort of operate in our sphere, that being the media business, podcasting, whether as sort of like an institutional thing or as an individual creator, always are struggling with that decision-making and like, where do you focus? Where do you try and innovate? Where do you try and grow? Where do you cut your losses? All that stuff is always at the front of our mind too. So true. So it was like, I've done a separate podcast called Road to the Trials, which was wildly successful pre-2020, filed eight people as they got ready for the Olympic marathon trials, kind of like a hard knocks kind yeah, of vibe cool. in mm -hmm. podcast form. It was great. It was just as, if you look, think about the charts, it was just as successful as Rambling Runner during mm -hmm. that four to six month period. It was awesome. And um, did season two for the track trials. That's not, track isn't really the vibe of my podcast. It was fun. It was interesting. Didn't quite do as well. Um, but also like 2021 track trials were so weird because of COVID. No one knew what was going on. So I was like, all right, am I going to do season three of Road of the Trials? Or is this thing going to die on the vine a little bit? It was two, you know, two, two seasons and out, right? So mm -hmm. I, I was like, you know, I am pretty busy right now. I got a lot going on. And I'm also coaching a lot of, you know, coaching like 30 athletes. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I maybe I'll just won't do Road of the Trials, but I'll just do an Instagram poll just to see, you know, if, if how people respond. Uh -huh. So I just put it out there like, hey, would people be interested in Road of the Trials season three for the marathon? Just simple. No preface. Didn't and did anything. Just quick little boom. Throw it out there. And I was like, God damn it. It was like literally only three people said no. <laughs> it was every single other person said yes. Got to do it. It was like 99% yes. I was like. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, um, I can't can't ignore that. Season three, here we come. Give the people what they want. Because you want. So I'm like again. I'm not complaining. I'm very happy. We actually, I just finalized the group today, and I'll tell you offline who it is. I'm gonna make the announcement in like three weeks. Um, but we're gonna follow people for like a full year this year. So Amazing. people listening to episode to minute fifty ish of this podcast we're gonna make the announcement on february 3rd so it'll be a full year following eight people it's gonna be fun you actually know some of them because yes. one of them is a trail runner all right so um good good, uh, good tease good cliffhanger there i'm, 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 I'm a big now fan i'm, I'm a, fan. a trail runner who is currently unattached but will be making an announcement very oh, soon on their okay. shoe on their new shoe uh sponsor i have a feeling i know who this person is yeah. Well, this person also, uh, full tease, ready, full tease. If you don't know yet, it's because you don't follow trail running. But this person just actually announced that they're going to be running the Boston Marathon. Okay. So I 100% know who you're talking about. Okay. So you, you won't say on the podcast because we're going to put this out like this week, but like, she's awesome. She's great. And like, so I'm like, so I'm totally jazzed about this, but I remember at the time being like, all right, so I guess I'm going to be recording at least four episodes a week between Road to the Trials and Rambling Runner. Here we go. Game time. You know, it's your full-time job, man. I know. So this is really fun. I, so I think lastly, if you could go back 
um, and knowing that you probably wouldn't listen to yourself. But mm-hmm. if you could go back to the early days and give yourself some advice that would either like help you know speed up the process or maybe curb the mental anguish or just kind of smooth over some of the rough spots you know just knowing what you know what would you tell early dylan bowman about the process and i guess i'll share that um as well i didn't think about this ahead of time so i didn't yeah. like jump the gun on the on the question no, it's it's a good prompt and i think timely in that it's you know around the first of a new year and a good time to reflect anyway and i think one of my biggest weaknesses as a person is that I'm a very impatient, extraordinarily impatient, and that manifests itself in my professional life too. And so one of the things I would tell myself is to just be patient, slow down. And I think I create a lot of this anxiety myself because I'm always like pushing, 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 and like wanting things to be done yesterday without allowing it to evolve over the course of time in the way that it's supposed to rather. And and I just, you know, when, when you do that, when you're constantly forcing and kind of resisting what is rather than accepting it and working with it and moving forward at a pace that's sustainable, I'm kind of anxiously forcing things and therefore creating a lot of internal anguish. So that would be the thing that I would tell myself is to try and be a little bit more patient, have a sense of urgency and do what you think is cool and what you're uniquely capable of doing, but you don't need to rush. I like that. Yeah. It's it's, going to be a tough needle to thread for sure. But if you're aware of it, at least it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. I would say for, yeah, for me, I think for me, the hardest part, and I still struggle with it. I actually did it in this show. So I absolutely have not mastered this whatsoever. Um, it's feeling the need to like justify my presence on the show with my guests, right? Like making this person think that like I am like either a peer of theirs or have like a positive impression of me as an athlete or as a runner or something like that. Like it would it cropped up a lot when I was first recording with pros. Because I'd be like, oh, I need to, I need to show this person that like I am like that, I, that I'm worthy of this conversation. So I'd constantly like, you know, tell these random stories, or just like as a way to like get this person to think like, oh, Matt, Matt knows his stuff instead of just like doing doing the damn interview, right? Yeah. And like I did it today in this podcast. I did it with when you brought up, on, you know, Matt Barnes's podcast. I throw out like a completely random and superfluous anecdote about something that matt barnes did to Derek fisher 20 years ago just as a way of being like hey look <laughs> at me look how it. cool i am well, and it's like it. <laughs> it was like but it's, it's rooted in that same like i'm going to show this person that i'm worthy of being in their in their life at this moment and it's like no one cares in fact this is completely counterproductive like mm. Just show up, be prepared, do your thing. It's not about you. And they're going to respect you more if you don't do these things than if you transparently do them in the middle of a podcast. Not only is the guest who you're trying to impress for some reason going to be less impressed, but the the listeners are going to notice too. So just cut it out, man. And just like have the, have the conversation. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. No, I, I mean, it didn't come off that way to me. And I think this is one of those instances where self-criticism is one of those things that, you know, we we are the only people who see it in ourselves and it's not perceived that way externally. But I appreciate you sharing that. There you go. All right, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on the show and for cutting it up. I really appreciate it. You're just, you're doing amazing things and it's just been so fun. Uh, if for some reason people are not aware of all the stuff you're doing, where should they go? It's like the hub of the wheel to get all all the things. Yeah, so if you're interested in trail running, freetrail.com is our main hub. From there, you can join our Free Trail Pro community. It's fantastic. It's amazing. We've got more than 500 members of core trail runners around the world and uh, a really fun Slack community if you choose to get involved there. Our media can be found through the website as well. Our written content is all published on freetrail.com. And then you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is something we're definitely going to be putting a lot more effort into this year in 2023. And of course, our podcast, my show, The Free Trail Podcast, which you can find on all major pod players. And also we have a second show called Trail Society, which is 
an amazing show that does tackle a lot of sort of those, what some people would think of as, you know, third rail type topics, but it's a fantastic show that uh, is hosted by Keely Henninger, Corinne Malcolm and Hillary Allen that we're very proud to be associated with. Uh, and yeah, of course you can follow me also, Dylan. So Dylan many things. Dylan. Yeah. See, this, can... is what, this is what Dylan was saying. He's like, he's, they're doing a lot. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can I love, I love, and I've been getting, yeah. I love the YouTube. Ryan Thrower is such a big deal. I remember this, my first call with you. I'm never yeah. going to forget this. Oh my God. Talk about Matt shit. I'm not knowing and stuff. I remember we were talking and we're like, oh, I got a lot of stuff. I'm trying to balance it. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe you should just give up on the video. Maybe just do all the podcasts. And I'm like, here I am. Like today, I like had like a free trail marathon in the background as I'm like, read, like, you know, doing all my emails. I'm like, boy, was that a stupid idea I shared with <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, maybe just to, to wrap things up, this might be good. You know, Ryan Thrower, who's my great fan, friend and business partner. I mean, he's, really getting connected with him was the major thing that made Harmony and I, my wife feel like we were, we could create something really special because he was really just the most undiscovered talent. I feel like in the entire outdoor industry, he was, uh, worked at a brewery in Seattle, but was just, he's just this creative Swiss army knife who can do everything, audio, video, photography. He can make his own music. And, uh, he's also super easy to get along with. we just mesh perfectly as human beings. And, you know, one, that's one of those things where the universe just kind of like throws you a bone, brings the right person into your life and working together, we've been able to create something that we're both really proud of. And, um, anyway, yeah, it's, yeah, I think, uh, just representative of continuing to put one step in front of the other and then opportunities will present themselves. I love it. Dylan, thanks for hopping on the show, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt.